Hey guys, have you heard about Anchor? It's the best place to start your podcast journey from. So, in case you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain and give give you give you guys more information about Anchor. It's free. There's a there's creation tools that allow you to record and and edit your podcast right from your phone or or computer. Anchor will d- distribute the podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more such prominent platforms. We can we as podcasters can also make money from our podcast with minimum uh, listenership. You don't need to build a huge listener base to make money out of a podcast. And simply put, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in just one place or in one platform and most importantly i would urge everyone listening to cricket unplug to download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm that is anchor a n c h o r .fm to get started on your podcasting journey thank you in this episode in this episode of uh, cricket unplugged me and suraj dwell into a rather grim topic which is the cold pack deal a deal which has stripped south african and zimbabwean cricket of some of the finest players a deal which has made them less competitive a less potent force in world cricket in the last last uh, decade or so before getting into our views and thoughts on this grim grim topic for world uh, grim topic that that has affected world cricket let's hear what noted commentator and analyst alan wilkins has to say about this particular topic before we get into our uh, discussion on this cricket nations such as Zimbabwe, South Africa and the Caribbean nations are all part of the African, Caribbean and Pacific group, the ACP group of states. They signed the Cotonou agreement with 15 member nations of the European Union in 2000. Now that agreement was mainly for trade and industry and to the eradication of poverty in various regions of the world. So, in 2003, the Colpac Uh, ruling was significant because it allowed cricketers from the Caribbean, from South Africa, and the African country Zimbabwe their right under this European Union agreement, the Cotonou agreement, to play cricket in England because England, Britain, is part of the European Union. Therefore, um, significant signings in the past have been from South Africa. These are Colpac players. Faf Duplessis, Neil McKenzie, Colin Ingram, who plays his cricket here at Glamorgan County Cricket Club, Ryan McLaren, Alviro Peterson, Alfonso Thomas, Jacques Rudolph plays here, but he's an overseas player. Ashwell Prince, and from Zimbabwe, Murray Godwin, Andy and Grant Flower, Brendan Taylor, all Colpack players, and from the West Indies, Dwayne Smith, Pedro Collins, Corey Collimore, and from the Netherlands, Ryan Tenduskarta. who plays his cricket uh, in England for Essex and of course recently it's now Kyle Abbott and Riley Rousseau who've closed the door on their international career for career for the Proteas and they will play for Hampshire as you well know Britain 
voted last year for the country, the people of this country voted to leave the European Union. Brexit. Brexit is the British exit from the EU, from the European Union. So we don't know, nobody knows, not even the government and the British Prime Minister Theresa May is at this moment negotiating with Europe how Britain leaves the European Union. We don't know how that will impact upon cricket and coal pack signings, which probably explains why Carl Abbott and Riley Rousseau have quickly signed an agreement, coal pack, to play for Hampshire. I can't say any more than that because I'm not a politician. I'm going to put my glasses down and I'm going to read like you at home to see who's the next coal pack signing. It might be the last because we don't know whether Britain and how Britain stays with or without the European Union. That is coal pack. One of my major inspirations has been Simon Sinek. His mantra is the now famous, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Why we do what we do is always an intriguing question which comes into the mind of a human being whenever we set out for something. And by why, I'm not referring to the result. It's not about money, it's not about revenue, it's not about turnover or sales or anything. But by why, you're talking about what's your cause, what's your purpose, what's your belief, why do you even exist? Many sports people, uh, for instance, especially take our own Virat Kohli, uh, whenever asked about his drive, has always maintained that uh, it's been playing for India. He has also always been vocal about the fact that it's the crowds in our country which really push him on, which really egg him on. Sachin Tendulkar famously said after playing for his country for 23 years, he said, the only thing which kept me going was the fact that I still had not won a World Cup for India and I wanted to do it. So in most cases, even you see the Olympics, you see people who are just grinding it out day by day, day after day, probably for years on, just for their... 9.58 seconds of fame, you know, in the Olympics. And that prize is all supporting and, you know, coming up trumps for their country. So for most of the sports people, the biggest drive has been playing for their country, the pride of their nation, representing their own people and their culture is the greatest drive in sports. But sometimes that's not the case. But what when playing for the country isn't the major drive anymore for a player? What if there are other securities which they need to take off? What if at the end of the day, it's, it's their job? It's the only thing which the sports people are good at. What if it is not quiet enough for them to make what they actually want to make outside of the cricket ground or a track and field? Do we need to look at them with a judgmental eye? Or we need to, you know, look at the bigger picture 
understand the whole scenario what exactly is happening and why people do this yes guys as you would have guessed by now the topic for today is the famous or the infamous coal park deal hi rakav hi 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 yeah so definitely coal park is a very very touchy and uh, sentimental and a controversial topic especially in south africa where we where they have lost lot of players through the coal park deal and we as cricket enthusiasts would have definitely missed many fantastic test cricketers so uh, yes. it is it is a deal with which you know players uh, can players do stop playing for their country and then they start playing for uh, counties uh, in 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 the english circuit raga will explain more about that but we will be discussing today about what coal park is uh, why people go behind that what are the different issues which are being faced you know not just in south africa but also in the other countries like zimbabwe for instance and uh, mm. of course which are the major players that uh, we have lost by coal park and uh, probably a more overall view on uh, the psychology of uh, probably not just a sports person as such but a human being by itself you know wherein you strive away from the path that you have been treading till now probably go for uh, you know path which is less traveled probably with a lot of uh, flag to be faced in uh, Uh, taking that but uh, sometimes the person does not really have a choice yes ram yeah so it's a pretty as, as you will as you perfectly put it in your uh, introduction to this topic it is a very touchy and very sad topic actually because south african cricket has suffered big but just to go back the history of how this started so it was actually person by the name maros kolpak so he was a uh, slovakian handball player who lost his contract so tsv austrian so, so as they had two non european players playing for the team so that's how it started so he went to the uh, european court of justice appealed that he, he was unfairly uh, not picked in his club team uh, just because he was part of a country which is part of the uh, uh, and uh, not exactly that he appealed that he was left out for uh, reasons not to do with his performance so then they took up this matter and then they decided to to create a deal or a agreement of sorts where it allowed citizens of over 100 countries to play cricket or any other sport so of course he was a handball player so not only cricket but any sport if you are part of a eu nation you can move to the other country like example classic example of which we with the uh, is the focus which is the focus of this this uh, episode is how uh, south african cricketers moved to uh, uk so it's a similar thing so 
any country if you are part of the european union and there is a specific agreement which is called as a cotonou agreement so that allows most or all the players from african and uh, uh, caribbean countries to be uh, applicable to sign the colpac deal because they are not part of the eu uh, so that's how it started and uh, it was up until 2004 when this i would call it calamity actually hit south african cricket when their left arm spinner claud claud henderson was the first person who signed a colpac agreement which in if you look at it in hindsight is kind of similar to what happened to players who were part of the icl so the topic of our previous episode when we 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 both were on, on the show so similar kind of treatment was was meted out to players who signed the colpac deal and who disowned their country so they were banned from playing for the country so that's how the colpac deal came came into fruition and uh, it still continues to hunt uh, on cricket as a whole because south africa is a big part of 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 cricket now i think we'll uh, elaborate further on how it has impacted them them and how it has continued to impact fans like us when you see names been thrown like really fantastic talented names who for the uh, reasons known to them best known to them more of the country and they choose a, a two or three year deal for the county so i think we'll dig into that in the uh, upcoming part of this episode but i just wanted to give a basic brief on the history and which is actually this uh cricket in to be particular not other sports i am i haven't read so as part of the uh, background for this particular episode when i read online not many other sports have got affected as much as cricket has to this deal so it's pretty sad yeah that's uh, for sure Yes, so uh, rightly put Rakav. So you have explained, you know, uh, a, a brief intro about what it actually was. Now, uh, thinking about that, so um, we have talked about what the callback is actually is, but uh, well, uh, why would a player actually? Why would they actually sign a callback deal unless they are forcefully? you know pushed outside of the board i can really understand when uh, probably uh, the person who you are talking about maros kolpak uh, the slovak handball player uh, he incidentally was not part of a uh, handball union or whatever and hence uh, he had no other option but to go and uh, you know sign the petition and follow the legal procedures and ultimately uh, a deal named to be uh, after him so what would be the mindset of a player who uh, organically let's say chooses to sign a cold pack deal even probably he is in the peak of his form with his uh, nation 
so i think it has to do with the 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 country country you are from so if you are talking about south africa or or zimbabwe or even to a large extent west indies as, as well in uh, cricket so if you look at it the people who earn well are the ones who are bought by your uh, t20 franchises across the, because the contracts okay. which they get for playing for the country is not is, is certainly not meeting the standards which is seen in other countries like england australia india for an advantage even actually countries like even new zealand and uh, sri lanka as well they pay the cricketers more than what the cricket south africa and what the west indies cricket board pays the contracted list of players so now we know the west indies scenario where players didn't get the contract and they went into the uh, 2016 world t20 uh, not sure whether they'll get paid as well because they are all at a, at a longer end so the board etc so we know that saga but uh, that actually is the main reason if you ask me why they would quit playing for a country and the mindset where you are, as you perfectly put it earlier the drive for players like greats like virat kohli and sachin tendulkar is to play for the country and uh, achieve big so even these players who moved away due to this deal were at the peak of that but you need to look at your personal interests as well so i think it is little harsh to blame them completely for taking this move but if you look at south africa and zimbabwe in particular it's a pretty clear cut case where it's a combination of three three factors actually one is there was a uh, uh, act passed in 2016 which made it a mandate for a team in south africa or zimbabwe to have six players who are dark skin so they can be black or dark brown or brown skin they have to be part of your playing playing 11 across formats so now as we know you cannot pick players just because of the skin the the color of the skin so it's not not exactly feasible and if you do that because you are forced to do it because the government of south africa and even zimbabwe made that a, 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 a law almost i think it is a law not almost it is a law now because of that people who are white skin the whites so called whites felt extremely insecure and they then they realized that spots for them in the 15 is diminishing because of their skin or, or the color of the skin so however you perform one you are not getting paid as much as you should have or your counterparts in other countries get paid second because of your skin color you get very limited opportunities and third and most uh, most importantly if you ask me it is the overall overall security which they get not only financial but when you go to a county you are not under as much scrutiny as you are when you are playing for uh, south africa or even if you are playing for 
uh, West Indies. So I think mm-hmm. it's a combination of all these factors which pushed players and which made them uh, voluntarily take this move. So there are no cases in cricket at least which comes to my mind where the players are pushed to take the callback deal. Mm-hmm. It's not the case. They knew what they are getting into. They knew that if they moved to, moved to uh, UK and play for a county for four years, they are eligible to play for England. And it has happened, if you look at one of the greatest players for England in the mm-hmm. last 20-25 years, Kevin Peterson. He is a classic case of pre, pre-call pack in where he didn't get uh, opportunities in Durban. So he oh. migrated to England and the uh, rest is history. You know what he has done for England. So yeah. it has happened yeah. in the past. It has happened and has robbed South Africa well before the Colpac deal came into action, actually. Kevin Peterson type players were flag bearers of this, actually. If you look at it. Moved to a different country, played there oh. for three, four years. And then represent a, a completely different country altogether. So that concept, if you have to call it, was actually popularized by somebody like a Peterson, if you look at it from a South African perspective, at least. So, yeah, it's a combination of all these factors, I think, which make them do this. True, true, true. And uh, I cannot... Uh, remember exactly who were those players but I believe it was uh, Sean Irvin Sean Irvin and I don't know if Andy Blignot was part of it uh, probably a few players Sean Irvin was uh, a really good Zimbabwean all-rounder he, he was a good left-hand bat very compact player and uh, a more than useful medium pace all-rounder uh, he played a few good innings but I think he also left the Zimbabwe circuit uh, probably yeah. during those uh, tumultuous times in 2004 when the board wanted a completely uh, black uh, team. I mean, as in uh, only black players uh, were allowed in the team. Uh, there was a huge exodus of many great players. I think uh, mm-hmm. uh, Grant Flower still had about two, three years left in him. He went, I think, I don't, I'm, I'm lost for names, but I think Mark Vermeulen. Uh, Sean Irvine was on. I think uh, the last good series which they played was the 2004 tri-series in Australia. India, uh, Australia and Zimbabwe, they had a really good tour. But after that, I think most of the uh, decent players, uh, Trevor, Craig Wishart and Trevor Campbell, if I'm not wrong. I, I, no, that was Alistair yeah. Campbell, another player. Yeah, so many many of them shifted to England again and then uh, unfortunately nobody could cement or nobody could, uh, you know, make their name for playing for England like Oin Morgan did. But uh, all those players really tried. So, uh, uh, I have mentioned a few names of, uh, you know, whatever came to my mind about the Zimbabwean players. You were uh, uh, mostly mentioning about the South Africans. Uh, who are those South yeah. African players uh, who would have been, you know, making a decent yeah. mark in cricket, but uh, were uh, more interested in call pack deals? 
Yeah, there are many. So one, as I told earlier, Claude, uh, Claude Henderson, so the left-hand spinner. So he was actually pretty much at his peak. So before South Africa had Nikki, uh, Nikki Boye, so he was in the time when Paul Adams was part of the setups. Uh, setup after Pat Pat Simcox left. So, anyway, South Africa weren't known for the spinners, but Claude Henderson was actually doing well, even on the subcontinental conditions. So, he was a big loss. And then there was a batsman, opening batsman, Martin Van uh, Yaswell. So, he was touted to be the next opener, test match opener for them. So, the spot which went to Alviro Peterson later on for about 3-4 years was supposed to be taken by Martin Jan Russell but he he decided to move on to I would say safer source then uh, few years of last few years of one of the finest all-rounders the game has seen Lance Klusner was robbed due to the callback deal because he mm-hmm. played for Northern Tensor from 2006 to 8 and not surprisingly he was part of the uh, ICL as well in the same the same uh, period because he was not allowed to play for his country so he was a freelancer almost he moved played for the ICL and then came back and played for his county and you will be shocked that there was uh, the current South African captain Fav, Fav Duplessis was also part of the callback deal in, two, in 2007 he was part of a uh, Lancashire for 2007 and 2008. He came back and they made a exception for him. And because South Africa have a rule where you need to play for four years, I think each country has the same rule where if you withdraw your cold pack deal and come to a country, you can have to play uh, domestic cricket in your home country for a period of four years. But they made a exception. And they allowed Duplessis to play only three years. So, and he made his debut in 2010 ending. So, then now he's the captain of the team. So, he's a big positive if you look at it. But there are a few more names who are exactly match winning or world class, but who are extremely talented and who could have made a mark for South Africa, like Zach's. Uh, Rudolph, their uh, left-handed opening batsman. Uh-huh. So, you, so then there is uh, Andrew Hall, Charles uh-huh. Langerfeld. So, uh, Dylan, Dylan Dupree, so another young fast bowler who uh-huh. could have was in the time when the Dale Sin was at his peak. So, he didn't get much of a, a thing. And then... Uh, Person we know pretty well, I think, Nanty Hayward. Mm-hmm. So he moved out. And he mm-hmm. had so many. And you have players like, and there are few players you can say like Andre Nil, Sean Pollock, and Neil, Neil McKenzie, who were mm-hmm. just trying to make uh, uh, extra bucks, I think, at the end of their career. They are, they are at the end of their international careers. But if you look at the biggest shock in my personal opinion was the last few years. So when you have Colin Inger, Alviro Peterson, then you have Richard Levy who could be 
he could have been the T T T twenty star. The world could actually admire, not just a South African fans. Then he had the more recently, if you look at it, Kyle Albert. G. That yeah. guy could ball. He yeah. ripped apart Australia. I remember in Cape Town, and I remember the same series where he was the most. I think he was a man, man, man of the series. If I'm not wrong. Yeah. yeah. So all shocks. All shocks. He's going to retire from South African cricket and move to play for counties. Like, come on! I don't know what's happening. Like, really. And there are many others like Monday Mokul who went down. Rain Panel, I would say, yeah, is decent. But I, and last name which I would like to bring in this list was one player I was really looking forward to leading the South African bowling attack with uh, Kargizo about uh, Duan Oliver. He's a big shark, big, uh, yeah, uh, big pain for me personally when I heard that. Yes, he moved and he plays for uh, Yorkshire now, but he was really good. He could get the point in, even in uh, Plattick. So yeah, it, was, thing. It, was a, it was a very, very funny instance, in fact, I would say, because Dale Stein and Morne Morkel and Vernon Philander, these three were the yeah. uh, three mainstays of uh, the South African bowling attack. And then once Morne Morkel signed the ink for uh, the Cole Park deal, Then they got in Kyle Abbott, mm-hmm. and once Kyle Abbott uh, went through the to Cole Park, they brought in Dwayne Oliver into the team, mm-hmm. and then even Dwayne Oliver went there. So it was one, you know, uh, uh, pace bowling option yeah. which was happening in tandem, and then any replacement they got was just going through the Cole Park deal. They just would come burst into the scene. Bowl some brilliant spells and some mind-blowing innings, and then poof, they will go to the call pack. I think uh, Dwayne Oliver's replacement is Longi Engedi. I hope uh, he doesn't uh, sign things yeah. so fast. I think uh, he is making enough money playing for CSK, so I hope. Yeah, hopefully you won't exactly. Hopefully you won't. <laughs> But one more point I would like to bring up here is the the. List. If you look at this list of players of South African and Zimbabwean players, as I I told earlier, there are about forty to fifty players. In that, above forty players are are people who are white skin. So that is another big 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 aspect in this deal. When you know that you don't have a, a you either toil it out or you, you will not get picked because that. There's no space for you because there's only five players you can pick who are who are right. looking. So it is little contrary. I don't know why why would a country form a law like it's almost uh, equivalent to what we see in India actually. If you look at the quota system, wherever you go, mm-hmm. almost similar to that. It's as bad as that for Zimbabwe because as you very well put it, after that 2004 series, I don't remember any. Series they have played in, but I clearly remember one player who I have I think told you as well about spoken very highly about him. That is Brendan Brendan Taylor, who is extremely gifted and uh, absolutely. He, he took the goal pack deal. That is really gut gut wrenching. He took the goal pack deal for a couple of years, but thankfully he is back 
to uh, Zimbabwe and uh, he's playing for them. So at least we can see him in some uh, probably ICC tournament because they hardly get to play any any proper tournament as such. I kind of remember they played a try. I think a try try series with Bangladesh and Afghanistan last year, where they lost almost. I think they lost all the games. So that's how bad that that cricket has slipped. That slip is actually worse than what we saw with uh, with Kenya. I think we look at the talent Zimbabwe had. They could have pushed the your Australia. South Africa, England, even India, for all all you know means I'm not saying they could win series or anything. Maybe they could push the best in the world. So clearly, the uh, uh, country's cricket dynamic has been stolen away thanks to this deal. You know? So that's how bad it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <coughs> yes, yes, uh, Rakov. That's it's it's a very uh, saddening part also that uh, such things do happen uh, in sport all around but uh, you know you uh, whenever you are playing for the country at the end of the day it's it's almost like a job you know you 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 are representing your country uh, let's say if you are in india you the as the famous phrase goes that you know you, you have a billion people watching you and billion people egging you on and so much people feel that uh, uh, they are being represented by you but for the sports person of course it's, it's something which is being uh, you know he works as a kid that's that's uh, that the one good skill that uh, you know he has that's what god has given him and as i think roger federer once famously put it if you are good at something then just make it your everything and uh, i think that's what uh, these sports people you know at least the successful ones have done it but uh, as much as an engineer or a doctor or uh, or a plumber or a carpenter or anybody for that cannot matter cannot really blame a human being for uh, trying to be a little bit you know uh, far fetched uh, in uh, wanting to have more rewards you know if it's especially there in the offing especially if you see a lot of uh, people in the subcontinent uh, do migrate uh, to the west you know to the us or a uh, lot of people migrate to england and australia all of all of these things happen but definitely it's it's not a big uh, issue in the society you don't really feel that no you're betraying your country you got all your education and uh, uh yeah. uh start here but then you are just going and earning there you're doing something for a company there you are helping grow so uh, people are not really under the scanner for example so do you think it's a little bit harsh on these sports people to look them completely uh, with a judgmental eye and uh, can we you know cut them some slack by saying that at the end of the day that is their source of income yeah i agree with you that we could we could actually give them i would say the benefit of doubt because as you perfectly put it it is a profession so they are professional sportsmen so after a point the pressure the uh, the expectations get to you and you can't take it not all people can take the pressure 
of playing cricket. It's very easy, as the famous quote says, very easy to sit in your living room, couch, and pass comments like we should have played this shot, we should have tried this ball. It's not easy. It's not easy. So we know, we both know, we have played cricket for how many years we have in school days or in college. We know how tough it is to actually play the sport. So, so we have to give them that uh, respect that yes, playing for a country is the most important thing, and it's uh, what people will give anything for. Because especially in a country like India, if you look at it, only 15 players out of a prospective billion uh, get a chance to play for a country. So that's how big it is. So yes, it is. a double edged sword where you need to look at why they did it it's a i would say then look at this issue from a generic perspective i think we need to uh, bring it down to case by case and look at why a certain player took this deal over playing for his country so i think then we'll be little bit uh, less critical towards these people these sports people who was uh, player uh, persons who took the deal world pack deal and uh, left their countries because as you very well put it there are people who have earned their uh, uh, education and but their world famous world uh, leaders now like satya nadella sundar pichai so if you look at these names they studied in india but now they are running google Microsoft and uh, let's say that they probably control a large chunk of the world through that. So it is clearly a case where the grass is greener on the other side, and they found the, that grass to be greener for life, I guess. So they didn't want want to come back to their homeland. It's not, and it not certain situations even in life. It's not in your hands. So even in my family, I've seen. in couple of my uh, close cousins of my own mother for that matter so she them they wanted to come back to india probably a decade back but their children were that accustomed to uh, united states and they had all the benefits uh, green card you you have all the all the benefits they didn't want to come back because the standard of living would have and i think you give them their uh, opinion i don't think we should be too and say it's not fair like we gave you everything how can you treat a country like that it's a personal choice so it's, it's the same here with the sports sports people so it is a probable case where you don't want that pressure or you cannot handle it or a combination of both and you are at the at the end of the day you have a family so many of us tend to overlook the personal space of a of a of a uh, professional cricketer because you have only now we get uh, news like de villiers suddenly he quits the game and he says that he is tired worn out so you know that how much toll it takes when when you see him play on the field do you think he can he can just bat blind blind almost blind blindfolded is that 
that talent they can play six shots of a one of one ball i guess is that gifted glen maxwell you take uh, him the way he goes about this game so the true true entertainers if you had to call them they are going through personal issues they have their own personal uh, angle as well we need to respect that more than anything and then i think that is the reason south african and uh, zimbabwean players move to the uk especially zimbabwean players because they are not earning anything they're literally earning peanuts for playing playing for the country so for them the robert mugabe regime plus the amount of money they are earning ensured that they move out of the country and now the cricket is gone for almost yeah it's pretty much but from to i would say to probably add more positivity to this uh, rather grim topic of uh, the callback deal is the fact that uk is no longer part of the uh, european union because of the of the brexit so as a as a direct result of that people who came through the callback deal from various countries their contracts ends in uh, many players contract has already ended. some players the contract will end this season but this season with covid 19 i don't know whether they'll be allowed to travel to england or if they're already in england i'm not sure but thankfully i would say graham smith who is the head of the cricket the board of south africa now or sorry he is a director that's his title so he has openly come out and said we will consider people who took the callback deal for selection so that gives a real big boost personally because i really want to see the likes of kyle kyle abbot monday mogul uh let's say even uh, duan oliver back in action because south africa at the current state they are not not even able to compete because I, and that is one word which i am really saddens me because one thing which i associate south africa as a cricket team is they are affable likable extremely gifted but more than that it is they are competitive even if they lose they lose with a, with lot of fight but uh, i clearly remember we watching uh, 2019 world cup game i think south africa versus india i guess if i'm not wrong and the point we we kept lingering on was this team cannot compete where is south african cricket come to like that was a common sentiment which was uh, going about between us when you are watching the game so i think it is a sentiment which is not going to go away soon but graham smith's uh, statement gives me hope that these players will be back in in action if not now hopefully 2021 and i am not sure maybe one two years from now so i think we can keep our fingers crossed i think and hope that these talented players get to play for the country again and south africa can regain the competitiveness because let's not forget they were the world world number one 
in uh, ICC test rankings for uh, two years. And they are the first team in recent memory who went to Perth and trounced Australia in 2008. They didn't beat them. And you are talking about Australia, which had the, among the best players still playing playing for them. So it is that sort of a cricket team. So you cannot, this stage, current situation is pretty, it's almost, I don't watch the games now. Means I watch it with a big, the heavy heart, I would say. It's a pretty sad, almost uh, something, if we, uh, if I could have had the luxury of more time, maybe, I probably would have uh, broken down into tears also because South Africa is a team which I really l- love watching. I'm not a fan as such, but I'm not sure anyone who follows the sport will have a, anything bad to say about South Africa and uh, New Zealand for the matter, two countries. Apart from the fact that Hansi Krone was involved in the match-fixing scandal. If we take that aside, I have not heard a single person who has bad mortgage South Africa or New Zealand for that matter. So now people have started to question them. People have started to mark their performances. It is pretty, uh, I would say, yeah, pretty tough to put into words as, as we speak, actually. So it is a thing. Hopefully, Smith's words will come true and we see Kagiso Rabada from one end and uh, Manne Mokul from the other. That would be the best sight from a South African cricket fan and from me, from my personal point of view, to come out of this uh, Colpac deal matter, if that can happen in the in the next one or two years. 